0: all
1: right yeah no yeah yeah okay cool yeah we're looking good good looks great to me
2: Uh, You woke up this morning, you were planning on waking up earlier, but... Oh
1: yeah, Uh, so my mom, like, uh, ran into my stream last night, and uh, was sort of like, oh, I need you to go do something earlier at, like, 3 o'clock instead of at another time, and I guess she also said go do it at Monday, but, like, because all of that sort of happened at the exact same time really fastly, while I was in the middle of talking about some, like, weird sex thing and whispering into the microphone, I, like fucking completely spaced out on it like my mom i, I yeah. just i wasn't thinking about it you know it, it's just it, it phased out of my mind because i was so in the middle of something else that like when i was interrupted by it and I, it's just by something completely different like but for my mom specifically <laughs> it was just sort of like, uh, uh, like a wrench in the fucking system dude <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> so I woke up today at like 3 o'clock like, oh my god, I need to get out. I need to go and get this shit from Walmart. Oh god, the fucking mobile order. Uh. And then I, I, I hear my mom like, what are you doing? <laughs> Monday. Monday's the mobile order. Got him. Sunday. Asshole. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I did a little bit of extra work just for fun.
2: I finally got all my games uh, listed out so I can go through and start fucking reviewing them. I'm going to try to get done with, like, two or three a day.
1: Oh, hell yeah. I basically just, in one night, ended up doing almost all of them. that
2: feels so overwhelming to me.
1: (laughs) It wasn't for me. Just because I already had opinions on basically all of the games, and I just had to say a very short opinion on every single one of the games. And, like, that's all that I really want for my reviews. yeah. Is I want people to just have a glance and be able to see like, oh, did he like that game? Did he not like that game? Why or why not?
2: That's that's my struggle. It's just fucking my dumb leftist brain wants me to summarize everything in fucking forty paragraphs. So no, I feel you, bro. Being concise is hard. Fucking
1: being concise is one of the hardest parts about being a writer. I I remember, uh, I don't remember who said it. There was a quote that was like, um, I if I had more time, I would have wrote less words. Uh, Yeah, which I think that's so fucking true. Okay, so it turns out that this particular phrase has a bit of a longer and more storied history than I thought. It is commonly misattributed to a lot of different people, particularly uh, Mark Twain and Woodrow Wilson, who were some of the most recent people to have made this quote about a presidential speech and also about a letter. However, uh, the original use of it actually was all the way back in 1657. A man by the name of Blaise Pascal wrote in a mathematician book translated from French, I have made this longer than usual because I have not had time to make it shorter. It has been used uh, many other times throughout history, including by John Locke and Benjamin Franklin and even Henry David Thoreau. So um, a lot of people agree that actually brevity is the height of whatever, I don't know. It's important. Anyway, back to the show.
2: And it's so funny that, like, all of academics and all of education teaches us not to be concise through our whole fucking life. And then all of a sudden... Oh, my God. Like, you grow up and get into the real world, and everything's like, oh, no, you you have a sentence to explain it.
1: Yeah, fucking for real, though. Like, in, in college and shit, they prepare you to... Uh, articulate a complicated opinion over the course of like 30 or so fucking pages <laughs> and like in reality no one in their right mind would ever read that yeah no one's no gonna one. listen to it no one you have to be concise with your opinions otherwise no one's it's gonna so listen stupid. to them it
2: teach people to make an argument in a paragraph like that's how long
1: our paper should be <laughs> honestly if you can make your whole fucking argument in a single paragraph and still come out like the victor then you're a better arguer than whoever you're arguing <laughs> with.
2: Like, <laughs> all, I, I'm saying it now. All academic papers should no longer be required to be anything past the length of a tweet.
1: I'm yeah. Fuck it. All papers are tweets now. We're Twitter's all the way we
2: communicate. If you can't, if you can't get your argument across in a tweet, then like, you're not gonna make it in this world
1: i legitimately want to become a professor just so that i can actually force people to create twitter accounts and then submit essays to me via twit links right and and, and twit (laughs) longers and like (laughs) god that'd be so fucking funny uh all right kids uh tonight's assignment i'm going to need at least five tweets about the election of 2020 (laughs) it's so
2: good though like i fucking i'm so on board for this (laughs)
1: i mean i think learning how to be concise is honestly a lot harder than learning how to say things a lot like because i mean i can't tell you how many papers that have completely bullshitted just saying a bunch of random bullshit in order to hit the fucking word count and a lot of the times teachers don't notice they say that they do but they don't always yeah exactly and like it it just wastes their time and it wastes my time it wastes everyone's time and it doesn't actually help anyone
2: 100 percent.
1: just fucking write what you need to and then you're good (laughs) anyway (laughs) <laughs> and i think that's that's how you feel, that's how i feel about whenever i read any of your fucking uh entries on our little outline here i feel <laughs> like you always have the fucking outline mastered like you just go in there and you're like a wizard just like <laughs> and they're all set and done and like it takes me like a, an extra fucking hour and i feel like an old grandma just like with my walker slowly like inching forward with every single like review that i post
2: <laughs> see i've only got it because like i all i know is all I need is just a certain few keywords and details to remind me of mm. what I want to talk about, and then I just let my See, brain go.
1: <laughs> my, my, my brain, I don't trust my brain that much, <laughs> so I'll like i I'll like put a lot more than I probably need to on the page, and I think that's my problem. <laughs> but concise and, and brevity, as long as it, you get the point across, that's all you need. Uh, anyway, the point of tonight is that I'm David. Oh, I'm Johnny.
2: I think. I don't know anymore at this point.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Deadass, are... like,
2: I was, I was hanging out with a friend last night, and I disassociated for, like, two and a half hours. And then I kind of came to, and I was like, what the fuck were we talking about? You're still here? Wait.
1: <laughs> Yo, dude, that's fucking real, though. And, like, I've been interacting so much more with people online than I have in the real world lately that, like, names are just bullshit non-meaning anymore (laughs) like like i i call you guff i call you johnny interchangeably and like they both mean the same thing and i call uh pacifist Cass and like (laughs) pass and lonk and like (laughs) it's just a whole bunch of different things based on the different usernames he's had like i don't know it's it's just names are whatever you make of them
2: exactly
1: (laughs) uh yeah But anyway, you you heard ours. Maybe we should get to the the names of these games that we're working on this month.
2: Let's do it, baby. Uh, The games from the Humble Choice Bundle, November 2020.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yes. All in November. Middle Misfortune is the first one up on the docket.
2: Smile for me is the second.
1: Townsmen, a kingdom rebuilt. is the third. And
2: then we have Darksburg
1: the fourth and t- and choke the fifth
2: and finally darksiders the third
1: nice <laughs> <laughs> nice I-, I was hoping that you would do something like that <laughs> all right let's so we're gonna hop right into little misfortune let's
0: hop
2: right on right on into it as i fuck with my my cable here and give you really bad audio to listen to because i'm talking through it too
1: Perfect. I love it. I'll make sure to listen to every minute of it with pure Glee and Joy. All right. Little Misfortune uh, was developed by and published by Kill Monday Games AB. They are the makers of Fran Bow. And while I've not played that game, some people in my chat suggested that maybe there's a connected universe. Don't know for sure, but it would be cool if there was. Definitely a similar art style.
2: Yeah, they said there were some, like, critters and stuff that were crossed over, right? Like some of the creatures? Yeah.
1: I think that's the case. Mm-hmm. I, again, I haven't played Franbo, so I can't say for sure, but I, I definitely felt like there was a similar sort of art style and theming from both games about, like, these little girls in very unfortunate, awful situations. Hell yeah. Um, So yeah, this is a very charming point-and-click adventure game about literally the world's most unfortunate girl uh, on the day that the narrator says she's supposed to die. So... The thing is, is that Miss Fortune can hear literally every single thing that the narrator is saying. It is a voice in her head, from what I understand, from the very beginning of the game. You just hear it, and she hears it too, but nobody else can hear it. The narrator often also addresses the player directly in very creepy ways, and so that sort of reminds me a little bit of like that one scene from Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty that like literally gives me nightmares <laughs> to this day where the colonel is like telling you to shut off the PS2 and shit. Like, it has some moments like that in this game that that, even some like right away that sort of immediately put me on my defensive. (laughs) I was like, okay, what's going on in your game? What's going on? This is not reliable here, huh? So uh, you get to explore the town and make a bunch of really tough decisions trying to avoid Misfortune's untimely demise because you know it's going to happen because the narrator told you and you're just waiting the entire game for it to happen. Uh, it's a little bit under four hours, and it does have actually some pretty good replayability. There's a lot of different choices to make along the way that change the sort of course and path of where you go as a character. Uh, for example, uh, in one path, I ended up breaking into a uh, gerbil meth rat lab, and then I basically had to, like, set an alarm off in order to escape. Uh, when in a different path, I, like, saved uh, an old lady's purse, and then, like, she gave me an entry into, like, the XXX gerbil club. And so I uh, snuck into there and then did a dance off and then went a completely different path. And so, Damn. you know, like there's actually a lot of interesting, like, variability in the multiple different playthroughs, even if the ending is always the, the same once you get there. Uh, but being said, there is one other separate ending that you can get if you collect every single one of the, like, glitter sparkly things. Because ar- around the game, at any given point, if you find something that uh, stresses out Misfortune, then you can throw glitter on it to make it better. And it transforms it into something cute and, like, childlike on top of whatever was already there. <laughs> like, uh, you find a guy who literally hung himself, and so you fucking throw glitter on him, on the corpse, and then you add, like, some fancy cowboy boots and a stool. And it's just... <laughs> It's so cute. and It's so innocent, but it's so dark and it's so funny. I love it so much. It's such a good niche for uh, the whole sort of writing of this. Uh, I, I really sincerely enjoyed it. Th- there are some sort of themes that that play out uh, throughout the game, such as the fact that death is inevitable and, you know, how people sort of react to that is very different. It's sort of Final Destination-y, but mm-hmm. in a lot more of a hopeful way. It's weird. It's like, Sort of like memento mori, the whole unis honest thing. Yeah, and it's like remembering that it's something is temporary, so you value it more.
2: You you mention it's sort of Final Destination-y, and the kind of idea that you were talking about, with the, the narrator both talking to you and misfortune, it feels sort of very much like uh, like Dead Like Me. I don't know if yeah. you ever saw that show, and and that sort of idea that like you are sort of the the Sherpa of the cause of death, while the narrator is death itself. <laughs>
1: you know i haven't seen that show but i've heard about it and yeah that is totally very similar it's a very similar uh theming that this game has around it that you're constantly anticipating death and waiting for it to happen and a lot of the time you'll put misfortune through a lot of horrible situations you're expecting her to die and then she doesn't and she just goes along with her happy day (laughs) um they she's like always happy go lucky in the face of like all of these terrible things and it's like both Funny and also kind of weirdly inspiring and sort of like that you know chin up guy you know just gotta keep going keep hanging in there bud even though it's completely (laughs) hopeless and every every single turn you make things worse for yourself and other people around you Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, she is only capable she's i think the only one in the game really that doesn't wear like a mask above herself and she actually shows her emotions which can be interpreted uh, that she's wearing a social mask, that she actually hides her feelings underneath herself, uh, or she's uh, actually just a happy-go-lucky kid that like, can't be faced by anything. Did that and you include kind of the other kids that.
2: in the game, too?
1: There are no other kids. Oh,
2: there are no other kids.
1: All the other kids are ghosts. Okay. And uh, I can sort of explain why that is uh, in a second, because we are going to get into some spoiler <laughs> territory here uh but just to say that uh the last bit there it, that part was determined by like just a quiz and a little bit of a, a call and response like saying an answer to a question like do you want to live are you happy right now and you would answer and it wouldn't affect the game at all but it would affect misfortune's response to it oh and it would sort of give you an extra insight into the character that you're playing as in that playthrough even <clears throat> so uh i like that a lot <laughs> and um yeah, let's get into the spoilers here. To skip spoilers and go straight to the recommendation, go to 17 minutes and 7 seconds. So the game ends here on the plot twist that Misfortune actually died. The second that she left her home and crossed the street, she immediately got hit by a truck. Seconds. Like, final, literally Final Destination. Yeah. <laughs> and um, literally the rest of the game is just her as a ghost uh, exploring the world.
2: Which is so good because it, like, the, the only thing you as a player don't actually have agency over is what kills the character.
1: Yeah, which is so funny, because you think the entire game that you're going to have agency over it because you're making all of these tough decisions. But actually, she's already dead the entire time. Mm-hmm. And in some ways that felt cheap, but in other ways that felt like they built up to it so well that, like, I can't hate it. <laughs> I don't know. If you glittered every single thing in the game, then you do uh, get a final little cutscene where you get to see your mom actually take off her mask. And she's sort of like allowing herself to feel genuine emotion again for the first time, maybe in a while. And I think that was a, an interesting sort of denouement hmm. to sort of add a little bit of spice into the fact that like the masks aren't really explained otherwise. Yeah. They, they aren't really elaborated on at all throughout the game. They're just a thing that exists for all the adult characters. And, uh, The children in this game, however, uh, it turns out that there is some kind of demonic entity that is literally hunting and killing children in this village. And the thing that how it does it is it like sucks itself into the mind of uh, these children and then forces them to to do things and then usually like kills them in some way. Uh, But the thing is, is that he messed up for some reason with misfortune and she's both lucky and unlucky because she can hear the voice but she doesn't feel controlled by it yeah so she can be influenced by the voice to do things and to not trust people that she should be trusting like there's this character throughout the game that's this little fox character that uh you really she has these like beady fucking eyes it's like honestly kind of scary but the character throughout the entire game that you're playing as is like he's so sexy he's got like a nice (laughs) chin jaw and i like really want to kiss him and send him on a date or something and so you kind of have this, like, really mixed reception of him, because the narrator is like, don't trust this fox. Mm-hmm. And then the main character is like, but that fox is sexy, though. <laughs> and I, <laughs> in the end, uh, you can either choose to believe either or, but I believe that the fox saves you regardless. Uh, Benji, the the beautiful, handsome fox. And... um. Yeah, it just—I I, like that the, the the first playthrough in particular, where I really didn't know who to trust, mm-hmm. and there was just that complete unreliable narrator, uh, going on, and I I just I had no idea what was going on exactly. The game even starts over at one point to make you think that it started over from the beginning, but it's not actually the beginning. I love it when shit games do that. God, it's so <laughs> it really good. fucks with Fucking you. Fucking
2: PT. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is very hard not to recommend. Given its very short, non-intrusive length, its very charming visuals, and its very smartly written dialogue, so even though the ending felt a little bit cheap, maybe, I, I, it, they built up to it so well that I can't hate it, and I thought that it was a great little experience that you should try. Nice. Uh, another fun little experience that I'm sure will make you smile is this next one.
2: Smile for me! Yeah, there it is. I <laughs> smiled. <laughs> yeah,
1: I smiled for you, baby. I'm always smiling for you, Aww, baby. Oh, stop it.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a game made by Gabe Lane and Yugo Limbo. This is their only game on Steam. Uh and the only game they've made, I believe. And this is a it's a cute it's another cute little point and clickish adventure. Uh it's not as point and clicky. You have some agency. It's in like a 3D space so you can wasta around and talk and interact with the characters but at its core it's still a, a point and click you know you're searching for objects and you're using those objects to solve little puzzles uh where and it's all about uh solving like real simple issues for all the townsfolks of a little town called habit- Hab- Habatica. Uh Habitatica habit habitat the habitashians um, the
1: habitashians
2: yeah exactly uh, it's really good. The there's not a lot of depth to the gameplay at all. Uh, I I mean, it's it's hard to find a lot of depth in sort of like really simplistic point-and-click adventure games.
1: I mean, isn't one of the main mechanics literally just choosing to nod or say no?
2: Yeah. So like the whole the whole thing is you can you can shake your mouse up and down to nod or shake it left and right to to shake your head no, and that's like that is how you communicate with all the characters in game. Is you either nod or you shake your head no to all of them. And then the the other mechanic is all the items that you find around. You can click and drag them up to a character and interact with the character with that item in some way. Uh, most items mm-hmm. don't interact with any characters other than the character it's intended to interact with. But there's some there's some cool things like you can show characters pictures of other uh, of the Hepaticans and they'll they'll inter- they'll say stuff in response to the pictures. Uh, you can like hold a megaphone up to them and they all have a a. D- different dialogue that they say to to broadcast the whole land uh but other than that the the puzzles are super simple there's nothing really hard to figure out like i think the hardest puzzle in the game was uh you have you have a green mask that you have to turn a different color but there's red wet paint on the wall so it's super simple
1: (laughs) okay yeah so that doesn't sound like like it's never super challenging Did you ever get stuck at any point Uh no, I did not
2: get stuck at any point at all, really. Not that I can think of. Cool. Um just a fun little romp. Yeah, it took me it took me a second to find one item in game, but it was pretty simple. Uh that like everything that you can er interact with is very clearly displayed as interactable. So it's nice. It's hard to miss anything in the game, honestly. Uh but it's it's super sweet and charming. And like the the whole intent of the game is to make people smile and, and solve their problems. And even if it's simple, it the game is so worth just like making these people's days uh the the themes okay we're gonna get into a little spoiler territory i'm gonna try not to talk too much about the game story because it's like that's the selling point of this game is the story so Mm -hmm. so if you're gonna play it play it for the story and avoid any spoilers uh but the the themes are amazing it's all about like depression and living with the big sad and every one of the habaticans in this world are people who came here because they weren't smiling anymore. Like, they were they were too sad to smile. And so they came to this this place where uh, the doctor Habit told them they were going to cure their problems and make them smile again, uh, which is super sweet. And so you go through the town, and you help all these people with all their different issues. And what I really love about the game is that, like, every character is unique. Every character has their own problems that they're struggling with life. And all of them are given their own agency and focus and treated with the same amount of depth as any other problem in the game. So, like, the clown who just went through a breakup and was having a hard time moving on was just as depressed as the dad whose daughter wouldn't tell him that she loved him anymore. So, like, like two drastically different issues, but both people were equally sad, and it was your job to make them happy again.
1: It was your job to make them smile. <clears throat>
2: Exactly. You make the clown smile again. It's so sweet.
1: <laughs> Aw, sad clown. <laughs> I want to give him a There's a, a sad hug. clown.
2: There's a sad vampire. There's an angsty teenager. There's a sad soft boy homosexual bouncer. Aww. Uh, it's, it's fucking adorable. And, like, the representation in this game is amazing. You have characters that are, like, clearly actively trans. Like, Habit looks like a woman throughout the whole course of the game. Uh, even as a child, like he is presented as a woman, but it's a he, and they identify as a he, and and that's what you refer to them as in game and everything. So it's super cool, and like there's such great representation of of different groups and LGBTQ people, and I I think it's phenomenal the way they represent everyone because it's not like it's not even a selling point of the game. It just it's just a thing that happens to be in game, and there's no
1: real significance given to it it's just people being people i mean i gotta say looking at trailers that was one of the main things that drew me to this game was just the the designs of all of the different characters that you interact with are all so i mean i've been saying it a lot tonight i'm gonna say it more (laughs) later but it's charming as hell it's so charming it's
2: very charming every character stands out and has their own personality Uh, like there, there's even a furry in the game like straight up it's <laughs> they don't call him a furry he doesn't identify as a furry but he's a dude that really wants to be a wolf like
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's wolfkin I understand
2: <laughs> he's wolfkin 100% and it's amazing cause like none of the other habaticans make a big deal about it like there's no story like these aren't focuses of the story the focus of the story is that like look all these people from different walks of life are fucking depressed and like They're let's sad. make them happy yeah yeah so, it's it's absolutely amazing. The representation's incredible. It's if if you if you have any sort of like issues with depression or or you feel the big sad or even like the regular sad a lot. Like this game is so wholesome and it'll make you smile and you'll just feel so good helping people and making them smile too. It's it's incredible.
1: <laughs> it seemed like this game isn't all smiles though, is it?
2: Uh there's some weird darkness in this game, but it's not like a focus at all. And hmm. and I I played around with it to try to figure out, like, how weird it got. And it doesn't get, like, there's there's six different cutscenes, I believe, that you get if you don't sleep inside your bedroom. Which is just, like, a weird video camera playing of, like, eyes in the darkness. Um, it's really creepy. And and is super, like, hmm. the juxtaposition to these cutscenes and the actual game is wild. Because there's nothing that really ever comes out of these little cutscenes. Uh, so, so there's some weirdness and some unsettlingness and the main character, like you find out a lot of stuff about this town that, that turns out to be a little creepy and unsettling and weird. Uh, I won't get into the spoilers, but like the main characters is, uh, she's, he's not actually fixing the smile, you know, he's not there to make you happy. He's there to give your smiles to people who are already happy. Uh, we'll say it like that.
1: Um. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so maybe in a way that's like, is this consensual the, the way that he's making them smile?
2: Oh no. Oh, oh boy. No. Well, mm. well. So, <laughs> okay. I've already we've already marked this area spoiler. So fuck. Okay. It. Okay. So uh,
1: spoiler after this moment right here. Boom.
2: I I think I called spoilers earlier. Oh well, you so did it earlier. Sure Never mind. catch it's that in edit. Yeah. So we're still in we're in su- we're in super we're spoiler in su- territory. super, super, super territory. spoiler territory.
1: Back away. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, so Habit is a dentist, and and Habit was super pissed off growing up that their parents never smiled. And, like, because Habit's teeth were all fucked up, because Habit was abused as a child. So, so Habit got their teeth punched out, and so, as a result, never wanted to smile because their, their teeth were all fucked up even though they were still happy and wanted to smile. So they were super jealous of all the depressed people hmm. that weren't using their smiles because they had perfect teeth. Oh, and so, interesting. So now what Habit does is steals teeth from depressed people and gives them to already happy people so they can have perfect smiles because they're actually using their smiles.
1: <laughs> instead of fixing them to make them it's, smile, let's just steal their teeth the and give it to people. the people that need it. exactly (laughs) sorry that well they don't need it they just would use it (laughs) yeah
2: so so it's like it's wild and it's kind of really dark like the main character's storyline is super fucking dark like habit's life was was sad and like there's a reason habit's behaving this way like habit is just as fucking depressed Mm. but not resolving their issues uh and that's actually how the game is resolved in the end like the good ending you get by uh presenting habit with the same flower that he was growing as a child that was a re- that resulted in the abuse from their father. So you you sort of give them closure on their thing their their issues and tell them like look it's okay like you can be yourself now you can grow flowers no one's going to hurt you essentially and and that resolves habit's trauma and and lets them be happy.
1: Okay, okay. Cool. Yeah. So I- it's
2: it's <sighs> really good.
1: <laughs> I, I just, watching this game made me really want to play it. Honestly,
2: <laughs> it's oh, honestly, like it's super wholesome. It it made my day. It's super short to get through. It's probably like I I beat it in the four hours that I played it, so it's not terribly long. There's four different endings, I believe. Uh, most of them, I I looked them up afterwards. Most of them are very similar. It's it's just like really minor details that are changed. Okay. Uh, like instead of uh, I I won't spoil those in case you want to play them. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> but it's enough. cute it's super charming it's really cute i think i think this is a great game that gives phenomenal representation to an issue that we don't talk about a lot in society and that media doesn't really cover uh i i think i think we need more games that like talk about being sad and and making it okay
1: yeah play this game i more, more self-care games i feel like would be good
2: exactly right like like let's let's focus on taking care of ourselves rather than trying to like take care of society and towns and stuff
1: yeah we can't take care of a full kingdom here we are an aisle on our own here we are we are one alone from the rest of the world not disconnected from the rest of society but not like in townsman king a kingdom rebuilt uh townsman a kingdom rebuilt everything is everything is connected everything is one there, there is no individual. We are all a collective. Uh, anyway, it's developed by published, uh, developed and published by Handy Games. That was a weird segue. Uh, publishers of <laughs> Through the Darkest of Times. Don't know if you knew that. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, Chicken Police also, which looks like a wacko game. They just came out in 2020. It's I I don't know anything about it other than that they're police with chicken heads. Chicken police. I'm
2: googling this right now. Do it. This sounds like, uh, it's a buddy cop noir adventure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, about chickens. (laughs) And, uh, keep in mind that they seem to be more of a publisher than they are a developer, Uh, although they did develop this game. It was originally developed for mobile devices, actually. Uh, so just keep that in mind throughout the rest of this review. Uh, it is a fairly simple city management simulator, like Tropico, but, uh, with less political features and, uh, citizens have way more mechanical sort of needs uh
2: well this is going on my wish list now
1: <laughs> this chicken game tell me uh, you know what okay get, we'll take a second to to break from townsmen what, what tell me about this chicken <laughs> game
2: a wild tale of love death chickens and redemption Chicken Police is a buddy cop noir adventure with a carefully crafted world, a gritty story, and lots of absurd humor. The game <laughs> mixes classic elements of adventure games with visual novel style storytelling. Oh shit. And it is like you're in a world with like all different anapomorphic creatures, like there's a fucking burlesque fox dancer, it looks like, a little uh little rat bartender of some Ooh. sort, like they've even got a demo. The reviews look amazing on this game.
1: Fuck, I might have to pick this up.
2: <laughs> Chicken, here, here's the first review Chicken Police provided an outstanding witty noir detective game that is much more meritorious than the title may suggest. Huh. Featuring exemplary voice acting, a prominent and purposeful cliche story, an original soundtrack, and bountiful animal puns. Its masterful cinematic experience is a true standout in 2020 and deserves a place in your Steam library. Uh, they have then have a list of like 20 pros and their cons is cannot replay interrogations to achieve a better score. And that's the only con.
1: I. I I'm speechless. <laughs> they made a game just for me.
2: <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> An
1: absurdist cop buddy cop uh, uh, about chickens
2: the real question is what is what does the game say about the the current police state of the world that's what i want to know i want to know if it actually
1: has any good critiques of of like the actual like real life police state that we live in because if it does then that's like 100 percent one of the best games of the year maybe
2: yeah (laughs) all right all right right. anyway anyway back to not one (laughs) of the best games of the year
1: back to townsmen a kingdom rebuilt uh (laughs) <laughs> made for mobile devices, you, you just got to manage resources and keep the people happy, man. The needs are very simple. You have to dress people with clothes, give them access to food and water. And for some reason, clothes are just as valuable in the minds of the people as jewelry, so make sure you have jewelry, too, at some point. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those games where, like, you just you, you just you start out with like a basic sort of situation and you can play it however you like trying to build out your economy and sort of expand uh, while also keeping your people happy. It doesn't have nearly as much complexity as similar games like Tropico where Tropico has like all kinds of political elements and stuff where you can go in and zoom in on each individual person and see like, well, what does this person feel about the government right now? And you can kind of get a minute detail about what your how your colony is doing and everything like that and there's nothing quite like that in here uh you you know there's like progress bars for the entire population taken as a collective um hmm. rather than like as an individual uh like you you would in tropico where, where tropico feels like a group of hundreds of individuals all working together to sort of make this island function this game feels like hundreds of npcs all uh grabbing and moving things in, in order to eventually um, like make you money i guess i don't know
2: interesting
1: because like they won't work unless they have money and you a lot of the time you only get money from taxes and you can just raise and lower taxes at will uh and it's so funny so when, i think you commented on while i, when I was playing the game it, i was i was i was like oh the people are happy taxes are going up <laughs>
2: <laughs> i don't think i caught you playing any of it honestly
1: uh, i did play it at very weird hours of the night uh, maybe with somebody else that commented on that just because they know our brand, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I would not probably play this game again. Uh, I don't have much of a desire to play it. I played through all of the tutorial stages to sort of get a good idea of the complexity of this game. And at its hardest, it just felt time consuming and not necessarily challenging. Um, mm. so I didn't really have a desire to go back to it. If, for any other reason than to find something that would help me fall asleep. Because uh, <laughs> it's not very interesting. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, it's okay. It's it's competent. It does what it does well. It's just not great, you know? it's It's not a bad game. It's just not a good game. It's just a mediocre game. That's how I feel about That's it. That's how you feel about it. This next game is no mediocre game whatsoever. It's a game that both I and Johnny enjoyed.
2: Yes, the next game is... Uh, I have to refine my outline here real quick because I was super distracted during that whole last segment trying to remember oh, yeah, the name you, of the game.
1: You were just, like, <laughs> reading all about chicken police going down a rabbit hole, dude. And <laughs> You got to well, get back to the yeah, doctor, brother. Yeah, so
2: I was trying to remember the name of... It's a game you told me a while back. Uh, oh, a About again. a while back. Uh, and it's, uh... Where the fuck is my outline?
1: Uh- <laughs> Did you delete it? Is it gone oh. forever?
2: Um...
1: A few moments later. Nope. Damn view, built from nothing. I found it.
2: Yes! Is that it?
1: Yeah. It's by the developers that made Grotto. I, yeah! I did get that right. Yeah,
2: damn view. That's the fucking game.
1: They also made Non-Guns, which I'm is a game that we this. saw that we didn't uh, do anything with. So damn view, built from nothing, is the game that we were talking about. Yeah. Dude, do you remember why we brought this
2: up? Oh, why, why did I bring this up? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, just because once we once we were talking about the the chicken game. Oh, okay, yeah. It it clicked. Yeah, it clicked the dumb fucking brain (laughs) monkey brain in me that was like, oh, what was that other game?
1: (laughs) I mean, to be fair, it's not like this is a very popular game right now. This trailer here was released in 2018, and it has 38,000 views, which is not very good for a game trailer. Yeah. Is this what happens to your town in Animal Crossing if you leave for a long time? I love that comment. It's <laughs> like a decaying town full of, like, wretched uh, late-stage capitalism. Right. Yeah, it looks like an open-world point-and-click almost, like some GTA elements. God, that looks, like, so good. Right. Like a boxing I don't area. Know the
2: release date was or is. Oh,
1: okay. Anyway, back to the show. Back to the show. Where is my fucking... Now I have to find my fucking... <laughs> there it is. November outline. Found it. All right. Cool. Cool. We're back. We're back, baby. Gee, what, what game were we even talking about? Darksburg. Uh, we,
2: had, we had just finished. Yeah, we were, you just segued into Darksburg. We didn't
1: even start Darksburg.
2: <laughs> no, we that didn't. Was just,
1: I... <laughs> that was just rambling about the last game, about a game that wasn't even part of the bundle. We spent like 20 <laughs> minutes on that. <laughs>
2: i'm sorry david I'm it's sorry. fine it's fine whatever fuck it let's just go let's, we can let's cut go. it all yeah uh, we're cutting darksburg. all that <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's here's the segue into darksburg darksburg a game uh oh, wait i have to do my david impression uh n- n- not like a game we both enjoyed the next game in the bundle oh yeah david it's darksburg it's a great game uh by shiro games who also think- made Evoland and Northgard.
1: I think everyone was really convinced about that, David, impression. I think that you really fooled okay, everyone. I think that you really like, you nailed it 100%. Don't worry about it.
2: Perfect, perfect. I'm glad. Yeah. All right, cool. You're good. Uh, yeah, so these are the same developers that did Evoland.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, Evoland. Cool.
2: Nice. Yeah. Wait,
1: I didn't realize this that. Is...
2: I know. I didn't either until I looked at the developer page and huh. it was listed.
1: Yeah. Rock on.
2: Rock on indeed. Uh, this is a sort of top-down twin-stick roguelike. It's very Diablo-esque in that, like, you can click to move, and you can right-click to attack. You can hold shift to stay still when you attack, et cetera. Uh, and it's super cool. There are five characters to choose from. I believe that's right. I didn't double-check. Yeah, it's five. Three on the top, two on the bottom right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Five char- characters to choose from, and all of them were, like incredibly beautiful characters they all had their own moves and abilities and all played drastically different from each other uh which was super cool so any character that you wanted to play if you played a different one it felt way different like a different game you were playing
1: yeah and also just like i love the amount of Fun, that they very clearly had designing these characters and yeah. like the little quips that they have whenever they pop up, like Dr. Dolorosa, like with the make sure to maintain social distancing, folks. <laughs>
2: like- right. <laughs> it's so good. All of these characters are like their own distinct characters with their own personalities and like, all of the animation and the detail in the art was just absolutely incredible. The soup man with his salt and pepper beard. Yes. And, like and every I don't mean, character. like, black and white. I mean, yeah. like, salt and pepper shakers on <laughs> his
1: beard. Yeah, he had literal salt and pepper shakers on his beard, and he's my favorite character in the game. It's every so character... Good. Like, I, when I looked at them closer, I, I didn't immediately, like, get a, a read off of all of them, because two of them immediately appealed to me, and I was like, well, who are these two? But then I went mm-hmm. and looked at all the others, and every single one of them has something about them that, like, feels unique or fun or interesting, like, even the archer character, instead of just being a regular archer, they're an archer plus a squirrel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which I think is so cool, because the first thing we noticed was, like, we clicked on the character, and it was like, Ah, oh, cool, she has this cute-ass little squirrel with her! And then you read her
1: abilities, and you realize the squirrel actually fights, too. Yeah! Yeah, exactly! Like, all, all of the, the different features of their designs that they have on them usually incorporate are incorporated into their attacks somehow.
2: Yeah, like the, the the werewolf is all like chained up and you can see like he has he has a collar on from when he was chained and the chains on his on his wrists that he clearly broke free from and that's what he uses to attack.
1: And the innkeeper uses a ladle to attack and all of his attacks are soup based.
2: <laughs> it's so good. All and the the, the, the the nun uses like a giant fucking cross. Uh, And she can, like, plant it in the ground and use it to, like, anchor a spot and and do crowd control stuff there. It's super cool.
1: She ended up feeling so much, like, just perfect for this part of the game where you're supposed to protect a church that I think that was actually what they intended for that design to be. She has, like, this cross that other people attack, and then, like, she can jump around and and do a lot of different crowd control. And it was just perfect for this part where I (laughs) I just had to defend the church, and I thought that was was kind of funny. It, It just clicked in that moment and so so the
2: the game is super unique it's super fun honestly uh and and it's got a lot of really great roguelite elements like every time you level up you get to choose between three different abilities and each of the abilities drastically change one of your abilities that you use in game Mm -hmm. so it, it kind of tweaks the way you play the character each time whether you're focused on like using your ultimate power a lot or whether you're focused on like Uh, as the wolf, I got a bunch of abilities that let me maintain my ultimate for as long as possible and healed me while I did it. But as the archer, all I did was upgrade my basic attack to start doing like AOE damage and split fire and stuff. So it's super cool. There's a lot of different tweaks that you can do to change how the character feels and plays. Uh, there's, there's permanent buffs that you can purchase that, that stay unlocked through all of your characters, which Mm -hmm. we found out are randomized depending on the player as well.
1: Yeah, it's like a bingo sheet that you get I mean, whenever you unlock a random little part of the bingo sheet, then you get a new collectible that you can throw on there like a little trinket.
2: Yeah, and they all do different things like affect the amount of damage you do or affect your movement speed or let you heal in outhouses and stuff like that. Uh, It's super cool.
1: <laughs> One that let you heal in outhouses was just toilet paper, by the way. Yeah, it was toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> uh- and... I did play this game on my own for just a, a smidgen. I don't know if you, you had the chance to, but I did notice a couple interesting mechanics. Just uh, uh
2: I didn't play it on my own, but I, re- I think I know the mechanics you're talking about, that you can use AI for the characters, and you mm-hmm. can also like set them to defend different areas and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. you have an AI that follows you around because the game is really meant to be played cooperatively, and mm-hmm. so instead of going in alone with no friend, you go in there with an AI uh, companion, and they kind of fight with you. And yeah. um, I thought that was cool, but also, what was I going to say about that? Um, oh, and also, when you try to upgrade an ability, the whole world pauses. That was a problem that I had playing oh. the game in multiplayer, uh, where, like, when I would try to select an ability, I would have to find a safe spot and try to, like, kind of hide in a corner while I was looking at the yeah. different text. And the game just pauses when you're in single player. So if you wanted to learn a character, you can totally do it way easier and learn all of their abilities and everything and actually read everything uh, in single mm-hmm. player. So
2: that, that feels like the way to go about that if you want to learn it. Which is, like, which is something I'd recommend in this game because there's not as much variance in each playthrough. It's definitely, like, it's a roguelike you can master. You can really learn how to play the characters and understand the upgrade paths and what they do. And and you're not going to receive nearly as much variance as in this game as, like, a game from, like, Binding of Isaac or something. So, yeah. once, once you really know a character, it's not like you're going to break the character through a run-through. Uh, and it's not like you're going to have a detrimental run-through. So...
1: That was one thing that I didn't love about the game. Like, I loved mm-hmm. almost everything about this game, except for just the fact that it's a little bit short and that there's only the one place that you get to fight in, that being Darksburg.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was just about to get to that, is that, like, the map does not change very much at all on, on subsequent p- playthroughs or anything. It's It's very straightforward. It's the same sort of, I think it's four missions that you do throughout... Uh it's it's the same areas that you defend. There's very very little variance in the map and there's only the one final boss that you fight as well. So
1: there's a little bit of variance in the terms of what kind of hazard that you face cuz I don't think that every yeah. time that we did it we actually found the purple fog that like tried to kill us every time we walked yeah. through
2: it. No, that was only on that one playthrough. Yeah. So yeah. so there's some variance in like what might pop up in the worlds, but overall the experience is very linear and very much the same.
1: Mm -hmm. which i mean i don't know it's not like that bad because like the game itself is very fun and i want i find myself wanting to go back to it regardless of the fact that it it is a little bit samey i just feel like i could actually beat this game and get close to 100 percenting it without investing too much time into it which actually (laughs) really feels like like, yeah yeah (laughs) like i the fact that i can actually play this and get pretty far in it without having to dedicate hundreds of hours into it i really appreciate Mm -hmm because I don't have that much time in my life anymore to play 300 hours of Binding of Isaac to unlock all the extra yeah. upgrades. I love that game so much, but goddamn, it takes so long to upgrade everything.
2: And with the new DLC coming out too, fuck.
1: <laughs> you have to do it all over again. Hooray! Right?
2: <laughs> but yeah, and, and on that n- note, like, every successful run you do in this in this uh, pre-setup run, basically, uh, it unlocks an ascension level, which makes it more difficult and also gives you better rewards. So there is some sense of progression still and and variance in that sense as well, so... We yeah, only like, got to the first Ascension level, so I don't know how drastically
1: it changes and how many,
2: like, mini-boss mobs might start spawning more, maybe, or something. That's
1: true. I mean, I feel like it's sort of the same deal that, like, if you're going to play Diablo 3 multiple times, and each time that you do it, you're going to go with the next difficulty higher. And it's sort of the exactly. same idea. Except you're not 100%. carrying the same character. You're actually, like, trying again on a new difficulty with, like, a brand new character.
2: Yeah. And And the game was very recently released. Like, it just came out of Early Access in September, I believe and the developers are still supporting it so i i i would expect to see more content updates and more maps and levels and bosses released i i think they are working on that most likely and it's in the future uh but but as of right now it's it's pretty it's pretty low key on the amount that's included in it
1: honestly even if they aren't i would still prefer this game over something like torchlight yeah i mean like yeah. maybe not torchlight 2 but certainly the first torchlight Uh, Oh absolutely Like there's no reason Like there's you know The three characters That you can play as In the first Torchlight And it's all single player And uh, it's like either Like very basic fighter Very basic mage Very basic like thief And Mm -hmm. uh, in this game It's like every single character Has is so fun And so different And so vibrant With their personality that I I even just want to chill with them like I just want to hang. Right. With them. <laughs> I want to
2: eat that man's soup.
1: That's what I'm saying. I want to eat. I was about to say that. I want to <laughs> eat that man's soup so bad. It's golden, delicious, man. I want it. Right. Have
2: it. <laughs> uh, and there's not there's not a lot of story in this game either. Uh, all the story was kind of confined to like loading screens and some minor descriptions and the environmental storytelling, which was pretty good. Uh, David kind of touched on that earlier. I deliberately left a spot here for David to tell that story, but he already told it. So. Oh, did
1: I? Oh, I didn't even. Really...
2: <laughs> Do you see oh. it? You see it right there. One great environmental thing David enjoyed. Dot 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 dot. Was that the the fog?
1: Yeah. Uh, no, the 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 church. Oh, the church. Yeah. The fact that I like. <laughs> I I that I, I, that part was like kind of hard in a, a lot of other characters, but then when I did it with that specific uh, nun character that fights with the cross. It, that part was so simple and easy to do. It was like, oh my god, this character was just built for this one specific part of the game.
2: <laughs> it felt tailor made to it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, the whole stitch telling. is like, plaguey zombies are attacking the city. Kill them and kill their boss. You know. Uh, you're not given a lot more information other than that, really. Uh, so, so it's it's a good game. I really, really enjoyed it. The gameplay is fun. The loot like the core loop is really good and super engaging. All the characters are great. As is, I wouldn't recommend buying the game at full price, but that's yeah. why it's perfect in a bundle like this because you know, you're know you basically getting it for hella cheap or hella free, so I, I would 100% redeem it in this bundle and then like play the other games for a month or two while you're waiting and then see if some new content has come out.
1: Yeah, and then also play with us, please. And then play with us, please.
2: <laughs> as Conway's <laughs> been begging us to play for like three days and keep it's blowing true. him off. <laughs> it's
1: true. I mean, we haven't been blowing him off so much as we have been busy doing other things.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, I I I am here for it. We will we will probably uh, maybe we could play some tomorrow. I would love that. Yeah. Uh, it would really uh, it would really uh, uh, uh ch- choke up the the.
1: Uh, this is a rough one. Oh no! For.
2: Oh oh no! What a bad. St- what a bad segue. Oh no. Oh,
1: are, are you choking?
2: Oh, oh, oh no. Oh no, David. Oh no. What a bad segue. I
1: think you're choking. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, the people that made this game are called Oh No Studio. I think that's the segue that he's going for here. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was just purposefully not picking it up to see how long he would like, <laughs> just desperately try to make it a thing. I, I loved watching him try. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, uh, it's also made by a Smile Studio. Uh, which that's cool. But the Ono Studio also. God, made... if we put
2: a little bit of thought into our game order, we'd have really good segues. <laughs>
1: you know, we don't think that far ahead, do we? We never have. We never will. <laughs> um. God, okay, so Ono Studio also made another game called Makers of Tormentum Dark Sorrow, which looks like a very uh, well-crafted, in terms of the visuals, uh, kind of horror point-and-click. Very detailed, very uh, almost medieval-esque of the horror. Uh, And this game is not at all horror. It is 100% for all ages family entertainment I love this because, like, I feel like almost any age group could find enjoyment out of this for for many different reasons. But it's 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 just a point and click game for for, for, a, for a little little princess. It's the second game about a professed little princess uh, that I've reviewed so far in this bundle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this time, you have to escape the confines of uh, a a sort of evil presence that has taken over this castle that you live in and by extension also the entire kingdom so this princess that you play as though she is a no-nonsense bitch in the positive sense she fucking like does not take shit she fucking has this like walk that is just like this no nonsense just like i'm ready to fuck shit up walk and i love it (laughs) she's got some serious attitude especially compared to like playing Little Misfortune where she's sort of like a pushover and then I played this game and then she's just like I'm gonna kill you now (laughs) 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 I loved it I loved it she was so funny, just tired of everyone's crap, waltzing over and ruining the bad guy's day just by constantly being a pest. Just the most persistent little girl pest. And then that ends up doing things that like get uh, you know, like say a tentacle monster on her side that then will grab the evil man and then yank him into the darkness. That's <laughs> and then so you, good. you know, throw a treat down to the tentacle monster as a thank you. Uh <laughs> it's just it's just that kind of game. It has that kind of an atmosphere to it. Like I said, it's a great story for any age group because uh, it really does feel like it was made to be almost in the same vein of Dragon's Lair, uh, where you're just enjoying this fun story uh, with all of these very unique 2D hand-drawn animations that all are very well done and charming. I think that kids will really enjoy the coming-of-age aspect of the story, while adults will really appreciate the return to a sort of childlike wonder and imagination that this game features because like the visuals just they're so good. Every animation is lit with character personality and charm. They're all very memorable. Uh and the main character has like these giant expressive eyes that I, I always enjoy. <laughs> yeah! Johnny Johnny with the giant expressive eyes in return. <laughs> <laughs> um I I just I I loved it, man. Uh and also in r- r- like reference of Dragon's Lair, I feel like uh this game does a lot of like very complicated animations that you have to sort of respond to, not necessarily in in quick time events, but in doing something specific in the environment or or you know solving puzzles in that way. That uh, I really enjoyed it. It didn't like uh, feel so super hard and unfair like Dragon's Lair does, because it, it's you know an arcade game meant to take all of your coins. In yep. this game, you restart immediately where you left off as soon as you die, and you get to restart as many times as you like till you get to the end. And the puzzles that are here aren't that hard to figure out. I never felt like I got too super stuck at any point in this game, uh, which is another reason why I feel like at any point, a- any age could probably enjoy this because I felt challenged enough, but I didn't also feel like I lost my path at any point, which is rare for a point-and-click game to me. I feel like I, that mm-hmm. often happens to me where I lose my path all the time. Games like Deponia. It's really easy to get lost in them. I'm so like, – I played Deponia. I loved that game, the, the, the writing of it and the charm of it. Like the – I just – the fucking puzzles were shit. They're so garbage. They're so just like (laughs) ancient fucking point and click design where you have to use the lollipop on the chimney in order to make an explosion happen. And it's like fucking fuck off. I hate this. What
2: do you mean (gasps) I have to put spaghetti in the road to attract a crow that'll make the car crash?
1: (laughs) Exactly. It's the most like Rue Goldberg (laughs) nonsense that like I can't Mm -hmm. stand by games like Deponia. But this game, this game, I felt like it was super easy to get to the end. Not necessarily like hard. But not necessarily easy. I Actually, I shouldn't say not, it wasn't easy. Because I, I, I felt like there was enough challenge here to keep me entertained. Um, but it's only around four hours long. There's not too much replayability because it's pretty much the same ending every time. Uh, which I, I don't think that a game needs to be replayable. I think it's kind of nice just to be one and done. To avoid spoilers for joke, spelled T-S-I-O-Q-U-E, then simply go to 55 minutes and 49 seconds. The ending reveals that the evil sorcerer who locked the queen and everyone else up, it was actually spoiler territory, her father. (gasps) And the king! But it turns out that the king and the queen are actually just analogs for mother and father. And the entire game is taking place in the child's imagination.
2: (gasps) What a cheesy trope.
1: Uh, it's a really cheesy trope but i got to admit that at the very end uh when the dad finally gave the girl a hug after the girl Aww. was like so suspicious of him for such a long time it was really heartwarming and it was like oh i love this that's sweet yeah and after the game you can tell that basically what who developed this game it was the parents of the child probably named Chioke. uh so
2: Aww.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this game was made as a tribute to their daughter and their personality and their sense of imagination and stuff. And that's why the writing feels so genuine, I think, because I think it was... The
2: dad's just like, I'm sorry, I never hugged you.
1: Yeah, like, I'm sorry I didn't hug you as much when I was making my game, but I made my game about you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and and it does get meta at the end there, because it does reveal that he is a game developer making a game. Uh... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh it's just it's cute. It's lovely. I, I had a great time with it. Uh it's not too long. If it sounds up your alley, I think you should play it. I think the devs Hell put yeah. a lot of heart and soul into it, and I think that a lot of people can find enjoyment out of it. It's not the most complicated piece of media, but it is one of the most charming that I've played recently. God damn I said that word too many times tonight. Charming? Yeah. And also dark.
0: Oh, oh yeah. You've said dark a lot too. Yeah.
2: But you haven't said Dark-A-Lot 3! Darksiders Uh, 3! God, that
1: was such a long wait. You (laughs) made me wait. You made me wait for so long. I was like, do you want me to give you another? Is that not good enough? Do you want
2: more? Got him! This is Darksiders 3, the third game in the installment of the Darksiders series. A game made (laughs) by Gunfire Games, which... If you're thinking to yourself, wait, Gunfire Games, Darksiders 1 and 2 wasn't made by Gunfire Games, well, you're kind of half right. Like, the studio was involved, but they weren't the main studio working on the first two, but now they're the main studio that did three, which is comprised of most of the same devs from the studios that did the first two, but it's a different studio. Okay, cool. They also did Kronos and Remnant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Remnant from the Ashes, which, if you've played that game, it's phenomenal. I I don't know if you've played it yet, David. I really loved Remnant.
1: Uh, That's, like, the Dark Souls-like game where you have guns, right?
2: Yeah, it's a Souls-like shooter. Super
1: good. Okay. I didn't realize they were the same developer.
2: Yeah, right? Which explains the whole shift in this game. So, the first two Darksiders, if you're familiar, were very, like, hack and slashy. Uh, but this one takes a much more Souls-like approach at the series. Hmm. And I'm really here for it. Like... And, and I mean, like when I say a Souls-like approach, I mean it. It is very Souls-like. It is. It is a dodge-focused, uh, uh, slash uh, fucking what action game? It's a dodge-focused action game. Yeah. Uh, and it's even it 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 parodies or mimics or or simulates Souls to the point of that like. The items on the ground look incredibly similar, like they're the same sort of shade as the, the items you find on the ground in Souls, and you pick them up and they're just, like, one meaningful item that helps you later in the game kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, get, you get little, like, crystals that you can destroy to get more Souls to level up. Uh, when you die, you lose all of your Souls that just sit there until you come back and collect them. It is, it is a Souls-like
1: that's fascinating. You know, Darksiders to me has always felt like a franchise that has been trying to emulate other franchises. And I, I find it fat, but they do it well normally. They do it, like, it really well, yeah. I think the first two were kind of like a mix of like an action brawler and Legend of Zelda. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is it, it's very like they, they did not sacrifice the sort of like Legend of Zelda Castlevania aspects of the game. Oh, either. cool. So it is it is it is the the combat and gameplay and and style of the game has changed to more souls like but it is still very much like you are wandering around the world, you kill a boss, the boss gives you a, an ability that lets you double jump now and so you can use the double jump to get access to a new area or you you go to another zone and you get your your attacks can now do fire damage so you can cut oh. the webs open that were blocking you before. It, it, it's super good.
1: <laughs> I do like that. It almost sounds like Hollow Knight a little bit in the sense that it's sort of like a Metroidvania, Dark Souls-like that you can sort of A hundred percent. Yeah, it's
2: it's it's like a Metroidvania Souls-like in, in the same vein as, as Hollow Knight, uh, other than being 3D versus 2D. Yeah. Wow, uh, okay. I, I thought... I thought the updates were very good. I I like the style way better than the previous styles of the games. I I really enjoyed it. It's a much more methodical, slower gameplay. The bosses take thought. They take, you know, you have to be patient. You have to dodge at the right time, or you'll get one shot. You know, no mashing. Uh, I, huh?
1: No no mashing.
2: Yeah, no mashing. Uh, which is great. I've never played a Souls like game on the PC versus on a controller. Uh, and I I realized how. E- how much easier it is to not mash when you're playing on PC because the response hmm. of a mouse versus the response of a controller Interesting. like pushing a, pushing a button four or five times in a row is a lot easier than tapping your mouse four or five times in a row and, and the response I was getting from tapping the mouse and seeing the animation it felt more complete and like I didn't need to hit it four times I don't know huh. uh, but darks? oh I forgot to put this in the notes though this game was designed to be played on controller the fucking controls are
1: asinine. <laughs> I was gonna to say, I was gonna say, if this is a Dark Souls style game and you were playing it on PC using PC controls, I can't imagine that that was going well for you because notoriously <laughs> well, they are horrible with PC controls.
2: <laughs> well, so the PC controls were great, like like the the movement, the response time, everything was phenomenal. But the fact that keys like sprint were bound to V on the keyboard. Uh, yeah, I know, right? And to throw things, you had to press X to open up like the, the, the aiming menu, and then you had to middle-click to throw rather than pressing left or right-click. Uh, It was super unintuitive. I got stuck on a part of the game for probably 20 minutes because I could not figure out how to throw things. And I just had to go through my keyboard and push buttons over and over again until I found the button that threw it. Which ended up being middle mouse button.
1: I mean, I guess you could have gone into your key bindings, but fucking hell. Like, that's
2: ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. So the controls are hella whack if you're playing on mouse and keyboard. I'd recommend playing with a controller. Uh, but it was good. It, it really, it felt like a very fresh take to the, to the series. Uh, I, I really like when developers aren't afraid to sort of push the boundary and explore what the series can be rather than being like, it worked for the last two, let's do the same thing. (laughs) Uh, but on that subject, there is a setting at the start of the game that you can change the, the style of the game to be in vain to the first two. I didn't change it. I didn't see what it was like. I don't know the difference in how it plays. But one of the very first options you're presented is to play with the the controls for Darksiders Three, or you can you can change the gameplay to be more hack and slash. Oh, so,
1: interesting. So you can actually make it like a little bit easier if you wanted.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't know how much it changes the game and what it changes it like the the core loop and gameplay experience to be like. But but the first option is is methodical uh methodical combat or uh mashy classic combat, combat. Oh. yeah it, it, they they labeled it as like classic and it, it says like <laughs> return I... to the dark swords Dark Siders one and two combat style
1: i feel like i know what that means because like i did play a tiny bit of those games like i played the demos of them and i mean basically they were like god of war where you just like exactly mash all the time and like uh just do a bunch of combos that are big and sweeping yep. and stuff yeah
2: it was very button mashy combo oriented so yeah, I I don't know how that effect plays in and how that makes the boss fights feel different or anything or if the boss fights are adjusted in the different settings in any manner, but uh but yeah, as as far as I'm concerned, the the new gameplay and controls are phenomenal and I I don't see any reason to return to the old stuff. No kidding, even just for the story? No, I mean I mean the old controls, the old oh. combat style. <laughs> I thought you meant the old game. But but as I, I I cover it in a little bit, but I'll just spoilers uh, the the not really spoilers. Um, the the storyline doesn't require much of knowing the previous ones. There's there's stuff hinted oh. at, but yeah, I I am not brushed up on my Dark lore. It's been fucking I don't know when the last one came out, like four years, five, six years ago. I don't know. Uh, it it's, last it's, decade. <laughs> yeah, it's been that long since I played that one. I have not revisited the first one since I played it, so. Uh, but I, I had no problem jumping right into this one and understanding what was going on and not feeling like I was missing a bunch of information.
1: Hell yeah. And uh, I love the fact that you're playing as the Fury in this one. The Fury seems yeah! badass. So you play as Fury. All right, now let's get into the story and the
2: themes of this game. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm into it. Uh, be- beautiful segue. You play as Fury in this one, which is the, one of the other four horsemen of the apocalypse. I believe the game has been following the trend of each game you play as a different horseman. Yeah. Uh, so in this one you play as Fury, which, uh, I do, I do want to point out that, like, <laughs> the, the game started and immediately I was like, ah, oh, fuck, this is gonna be one of those games, cause immediately they present her as, like, harsh and emotional and brash and, like, mm. unable to lead the horseman, and I was like, okay, cool, so we're shitting on women in this game, uh, but immediately it turned around, like, it, it was just a very... The opening cutscene isn't very uh, uh friendly. It's not it's not the the most exciting lens to look at. at the only female character on a group of men like male presenting characters for for uh the the core like the horsemen the four horsemen she's the only woman um right and so it the, like the immediate presentation of it was a little dicey uh but it it, it fixed itself almost immediately. The the characters are all very uh, inclusive of her. She's a badass. Like she takes no shit uh. Very, very good. I I liked her as a character. She has ambition. She has drive. She wants to lead the horsemen, and she's pushing for it really hard. It's great. Um, and and they they drop the sort of tangential misogyny almost immediately, which is great. <laughs> uh, but as you as you get into it, I I really want to talk about the themes of this game because I I don't know if like, it's 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 my dumb radical leftist brain, you know, and everything, but. <laughs>
1: I was just gonna say that uh, the the four horsemen of the apocalypse, fury, is not one of them. I oh, it's wrath.
2: It. In Darksiders, it's represented as war, death, fury, and strife are the four. So they 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 do take a lot of liberties in this game in in the sort of mm. like presentation of the religious like the actual uh story and everything. Uh, so so which is great. I I think it's really good when they personify these things differently than is is written in the text. You know.
1: I mean, if it was written directly in the text, then they would literally be horses, I think. Like, hor- literal horses. <laughs> no, they
2: ride horse. They're horsemen. Not horsemen. Okay.
1: So, well, I guess, okay, no, I'm seeing, okay, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out here, because I've actually never looked into the original myth, and now I'm reading about it on Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the, the horsemen are characterized by the color of their horses.
2: Yes, and that, that is the whole point, is that, like, they are the bringers of death riding the horse. Like, that, that is how they travel, riding their horse, and that's why they're the horsemen. Yeah. Or the bringers of the apocalypse.
1: Hell yeah. So, in the original Christian text, Conquest rides a white horse, war, a red horse, famine, a black horse, and plague, a pale horse. While in Darksiders, they are war, death, fury, and strife. Back to the show.
2: Uh, which, which is, like, they, they break that whole, uh, the idea of the, that uh the 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 exact thea theocratic text um in that like in in the darksiders lore the the four horsemen are not the actual bringers of the apocalypse but rather they are the ones that keep things in balance which which gets into this uh leftist analysis of this media (laughs) um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the the four horsemen their job is to keep the balance between chaos and order their job isn't to bring the apocalypse. So like what they're doing in this game is they're in pursuit of the seven deadly sins who who have been released on the world and are just fucking causing havoc for no reason because they're the seven deadly sins. Uh, so so that is your job as the horseman is to is to keep both sides in check rather than actually bringing death upon humanity or whatever. Um, and, and it's presented very much as like the horsemen don't care about humanity. They're they're here to do one thing and one thing only. And that is the balance between good and evil which which gets into this sort of idea of of centrist behavior and centrists in in, in modern especially western and american politics in that idea of like keeping balance between the two extremes of of the chaos and the e- like the evil the chaos and the order you know mm-hmm. and and that is the goal of these horsemen but it, it, it's beautifully presented in this because it it doesn't work in In this idea that, as long as the horsemen are around keeping the balance, the war can't end it's gonna go on forever mm-hmm. because they're making sure one side can ne- like one side never wins the war, and so like the seven deadly sins show up to fuck things up for chaos and order and the demons, but the horsemen show up and just kill them all, and now we're still at war because the war can't end because one
1: side will never win so it's an argument against balance in favor of the idea that like. You know, maybe one side actually kind of is right. Is that it? Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. It's that idea that, like, as long as someone is keeping order between the two extremes, one extreme will never win, and therefore the two extremes will always be at war with each other.
1: That makes sense. I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now, where, like, we have two very different political extremes that are constantly infighting with each other. And, like, you know... Uh, you you would be able to go into this better. I <laughs> it, feel like it, it's a hundred percent why I can't help but analyze this from like
2: a leftist lens, looking at the horsemen as sort of centrists. In, yeah. in that, like we we do have we have two polarized opposite extremes, and and the only way that's going to ever end is if everyone comes together and says one side is wrong. We need to end this. We need to fight to end that side. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's really interesting, and and the beautiful part too is through the whole game, you're getting told by everyone else like, look the people who are having you keep balance and order are just fucking playing you like they want this they want this war to be going on you guys are pawns to something bigger you're you're not making a decision you're not taking a side and therefore everything you're doing is just like you you're just being used you're not actually doing anything
1: it makes it sound like theory is almost an analog for anarchism and the idea of political revolution
2: <laughs> yeah no like for real uh uh I I think, I think Fury sort of represents, at least so far into the game, represents that sort of transition of, like, not, not radically stepping outside of the system and trying to maintain a balance within it. But I, I, I have no doubt that by the end of this game, Fury is going to make that decision to, to turn on her, on her subservience, you know, the people that she is serving, like.
1: I haven't seen the whole game, but I think from what I heard, I don't know if this is true, I think she just kills everyone. (laughs) <laughs> i think that that's fury's deal is that she's like fuck the system fuck you guys constantly well, fighting you're both the dead is to me that, like
2: here's the thing is is right now up to the point where i'm in the story i haven't finished it yet yeah. i i'm really excited to go back and play it more but fury isn't like fuck both sides fuck the system i she's very much playing within the rules of the system hmm. the only reason she's going out to hunt the seven deadly sins is because she's promised a promotion to be to lead the four horsemen
1: oh interesting so,
2: yeah, it's very it seems very much that like in I- in order to do what she wants, she's going to play along with the system and in order to rise in the ranks.
1: So what you're saying is that she's a career woman.
2: Yeah, she she is a she's a career centrist right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she, I, um, she she totally reminds me in a weird way of like those like when I played Vampire the Masquerade, there was that same sort of character archetype of like the New York uh man-made woman or not man-made, that's a weird way to say that, but like self-made. Uh Yeah.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. So it's it's really interesting in that like leveraging that like oh well she's the only one who can do this job so she's gonna get what she wants out of it too and that like that's how she's gonna move up in the rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I have no doubt with with the sort of themes and things that are planted right now and and the way they're talking about the the council that is controlling the horsemen, that that Fury's going to wake up to that and and try to move outside of this. I mean, hmm. the game starts with, uh, I believe it's War being punished. Like he's in chains when you come there, and Fury's like, "What the fuck is going on? Why, why is one of us chained up being
1: tortured?" Like I, that must have uh, been the end of one of the first two games.
2: Yeah, it probably would have been the end of the second one. I really need to go back and play him because, like, I, I, I haven't analyzed the Darksiders, like lore and everything from this sort of lens. But which now you want to really go back? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I want to go back and see if they're following through with this sort of like, uh political comparisons and talk through the other games and like it's all the whole games you know it's all about religious theocracy and everything because yeah it's, it's about you know the traditional christian catholic texts of the four horsemen of the apocalypse the rapture the seven deadly sins like all of that yeah so it, it mean... it's really interesting and and it's hard to avoid political and theocratic talk and analysis when you're talking about these subjects anyways so yeah it's
1: a it's a game about the end times the end of the world as we know it and so it kind of gets political there
2: exactly and and one thing i really love about it well i i have a quote that i have to talk about too which which really started firing this sort of leftist analysis of the media uh and it's that When, when you meet Volgram for the first time in this game, who is the, he's the sort of demon who sells you things, he's the shopkeeper. When you meet him for the first time, uh, he, he tells you, he's like, just bring me souls and I'll give you fucking items and upgrades. And Fury's like, well, what kind of souls do you want? And he's like, I don't give a fuck. Both sides, like, bring me human souls, bring me angel souls, bring me demon souls. My prophet's souls, baby. <laughs> and... And, and Fury looks at him, and she's like, you're just a blind capitalist profiting off war and feeding off the scraps of destruction.
1: So this character <laughs> like, sounds like a personification she... <laughs> of the gun lobby?
2: <laughs> yeah, like, like Fury straight up calls him out that you're just like a fucking capitalist, and all you care about is that, that you're profiting off all this destruction. So,
1: <laughs> Wow, holy shit. I it's, mean, that, if that so isn't the gun fun. lobby, then I don't know.
2: <laughs> it, yeah, it's beautiful. It's wow. really beautiful. And I loved it so much. And that, that's what jump-started this sort of analysis and this thought of like, oh, this is, this is about more than just, you know, fucking Seven Deadly Sins and, and Horsemen. Uh, so I, I'm really excited to see how it plays out and everything.
1: How many human uh, lives have you taken? In the game? Yeah. How many humans not. are left? Are they alive?
2: Uh, not a lot. Uh there's actually a cutscene where you meet some humans and and you almost you're like why the fuck would I keep you alive? I don't care. Like my job is to keep balance between the angels and the demons. Humans are and that's that's something I wanted to talk about in this analysis of like the the uh the religious idea of this. And and so many people put so much emphasis on religion and this game totally shits on that idea because it's like look, if these fucking things exist to humans, like, to, to to angels and demons and the seven deadly sins and immortal beings, like, humans are just dumb monkeys that figured out how to make a TV. They don't give a shit about us. Like, and, and that is, that is how it's treated throughout the whole game, and it's beautiful. like
1: They're literal gods I, ab- above everyone else, and so their politics yeah. sort of supersede everyone else.
2: Exactly. So, like, the first time you're introduced to humans in the game, you're literally like, well, I I should just kill you all right now. Uh, and the only reason you don't is that the there's a maker with them, and he's like, "I'll upgrade your weapons, like le- let us live, and I'll upgrade your weapons." <laughs>
1: wow, really, Fury. Yeah. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> but yeah, like the whole time, she's just like, "I I have no fucking reason to like even talk to you guys. Like fuck off, you dumb monkeys." <laughs> I need more
1: souls. You just money.
2: Uh, so yeah, I, I really, I'm really, really enjoying this game. I, I think it's worth it if you're looking for, like, a Soul's Light fix. I think the story's good, the themes are good, it's a lot of fun, the gameplay feels really tight, uh, I, I'm really excited to play more of it, it's a really fresh deviation from the previous games, uh, and, and you don't need to know the other games to jump into it, so I, I think this game is a phenomenal hit, like, I, I absolutely recommend getting it.
1: Nab that shit, this bundle. I know what I'm going to be playing leading up to it.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. Going to be playing the <laughs> originals. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's what I had to say. That's, that's the bundle.
1: That's all the games today, baby. Yeah. Well, shit. Well, you don't have, we don't have any extras this time. We're going to be doing the extras next time. we got Tori that I'm going to be covering. Uh, I haven't Hell touched yeah. it yet, but I'm very excited about it. It's the only uh, one that we're what's your game? Time.
2: What's your game of the month? So uh,
1: my game of the month is I I I think it's Little Misfortune. I think it was the most entertaining uh game that I played so far that I haven't mm-hmm. yet covered. Uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, like it it has a very good sense of humor. Uh, I think that it is very unique in that sense that it is so dark but also so innocent. And I feel like that's a a very specific vibe that not many other games hit on. Uh. Yeah. And also, just maybe it's because I've been watching a lot of horror movies, but just the whole anticipating her death the entire time, and every time that it didn't happen, feeling like, oh,
0: (laughs) right, that's so good.
1: It 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 sort of added that extra layer of comedy in sort of a meta textual way, and uh, yeah, yeah. I liked it a lot. I think that uh, if there was one that you wanted to play just for four hours, then I would recommend that one.
2: I I know what my answer is going to be next week, but I didn't cover the game this week and I literally cannot decide between these three games. I I think they're all phenomenal for their own reasons. Really? So I, you know all three yeah. of the games this week. Honestly, uh, I I I can't pick one cuz like I love the analysis of Darksiders 3 and like the gameplay is really good, but like Darksburg is so much fun mm-hmm. and you know, fucking actually, smile true. for me like
1: <sighs> maybe i should i might actually switch it to darksburg uh, especially if they update that game more uh but just that's totally fair yeah i don't know i i didn't even I, think I, about darksburg because that was more your game to cover this month but <laughs> man that was a you good played one it too baby yeah i did play uh, it was really good
2: yeah i guess i mean if i had like gun gun to my head like i guess just like s- smile for me right now maybe because like Everyone's going through a hard time right now, and this game will make you smile and happy and feel so good about life. Okay, well. but all these games, all all three of these games are good.
1: Yeah, that works. I held a gun up to his head and uh, made yeah. sure that he was honest. It was a finger gun, I but I made sure it
2: works. It works. The metaphors, you know, I I I I, I believe in the metaphor of gun.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so what else have we been playing?
2: Uh some Among Us. We tried out Unfortunate of a Spaceman. Unfortunate Spaceman, which was phenomenal. We've been doing a lot of Dead by Daylight. Yeah. That's uh,
1: been sort of our game recently.
2: Played some Gin Zero again. We revisited oh, yeah. that one with, with New York Rock and Elker.
1: That's true. I had a uh, lot of fun with that.
2: Yeah. Other than that, I haven't been playing a ton. It's been a really slow week for me. Yeah. A few weeks.
1: I've mainly been playing games for the bundle here as well, but I did also hop into a little bit of Train Value 2, which was a little free title that they gave us a while back, and man, it just hits the right spot at like 3 a.m. when I just need a puzzle game to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a lot of fun with Among Us and Unfortunate Spacemen as well, and Dead by Daylight. I've been trying to get my like dailies, learning how to do Killer and Survivor. It's a lot of fun.
2: Hell yeah. Uh, this month's charity is JDRF. Uh, which is a charity that researches and advocates for type 1 diabetes. So it's really interesting. Not only do they do research on on di- type 1 diabetes, they also, like, a huge part of their mission statement is getting government awareness and funding and help for, for diabetics and stuff. So it, they're they're not just focused on, like, the the sort of science aspect of it they're also focused on like boots to the ground seeing real results it's amazing
1: shout out to this motherfucker for raising 135 dollars for him during his 24-hour charity live stream where he played a ton of his humble bundle games
2: yeah i just knocked out all my bundle games this fucking month in in one day and fucking huge shout-out to everyone who showed up and donated some money. We made a fucking bundle of money for them.
1: Yeah, a whole bundle. A whole humble bundle. A
2: whole humble bundle of money. <laughs> uh,
1: So there are also some free games available Uh, currently oh, no, right now. Oh, what?
2: I just just read the free games. Elite Dangerous, that's so good. Yeah,
1: next week they're giving out Elite Dangerous and The World Next Door on the Epic Games Store, which, like, that's a hell of a fucking double feature. I feel like if you've never played Elite Dangerous, now has never been a better time. Uh, Yeah. So make sure you grab that next week. But also, if you have a chance this week, uh, it is probably going to go away very soon, but we do have The Texorcist, the story of Ray Bibia, available also on the Epic Games Store
2: nice go i don't
1: game. know if there's anything going on there's like a teleglitch giveaway that i'm pretty sure already ended on gog yeah probably They give away that game all the they, time
2: yeah they have a lot of free games it's it's weird to find theirs but like yeah go there check yeah. them out they got teleglitch nice. is
1: a good game though it's a very good game just yeah. i don't know why they keep giving it out for free they just do <laughs> uh there's a fighting game sale on steam right now so if you want to pick up some cool fighting games then make sure you grab that otherwise uh this might also just be outdated and might be on already who knows
2: hell yeah Uh, and we'll have a link to the, uh, not the GameSpot article, David. That's, that's old. It's the new one, the the (laughs) freebundlegame.com or whatever. We'll have a link to an article with free games.
1: (laughs) It's not that one, David. You should know. (laughs) As if I ever once clicked the GameSpot article.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That one's been out of date for like four months now.
1: (laughs) Oopsies. Oopsie poopsies.
2: Uh, uh. Our listener question last month was, if you could have one piece of folklore adapted into a video game, what would it be? And we had one answer from Elker, Elker, what's the rest of Elker's name?
1: Elker, I always say litige, because it's just like a lot of fucking random nu- letters and numbers.
2: Well, you know what it means, right?
1: Does it, what does it like means? It's Dutch
2: something? for every man.
1: What? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, well shit.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, like the every man.
1: The I don't know if it's
2: Dutch. It might be German or something. I don't know. I don't know the exact language.
1: German yeah. is Biedermann. I remember that because I was in uh, a play called Biedermann Biederman and yeah. the Arsonist, and Biedermann yeah. was meant to represent the everyman. Gotcha. Nieben, Uh, And
2: their response was? Very nice. What was their response, David? Can we get that once more?
1: Oh, uh, Niebenlückenlied. It wasn't. It was actually just, um, <laughs> Elker's response <laughs> that I'm reading out loud because it's a very fun name. Niebenlückenlied.
2: Yeah, that's, that's the piece of folklore they'd like to see adapted. Niebenlücken. Which we're supposed to read. We have not yet. But it's it supposed really to be really
1: good. Like, very, very important historical document that a lot of things have been based off of. The first yeah. heroic epic put into writing in Germany. Mm hmm. Uh,. But uh, I think we also had a question that we wanted to ask and maybe answer ourselves next week and then have listeners answer on uh, our next month. Is that right? Yeah. So the question that we were thinking of is, what movie franchise would you like to see adapted into a video game? Sort of like Friday the 13th, uh, Alien versus Predator, that type of deal. What What, what do you want to see? Hell yeah. And that's it. That's our show today.
2: That's it. We've done it. We did the show. God, we had a, an hour and 30 minutes. That was like a. 20 of that can be cut. <laughs>
1: at least 20 minutes. At least, at least 20, 20
2: minutes. minutes can be cut.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. I, with how long we were looking up fucking Damfield or whatever it was called. <laughs> right? <like>, Damview. <laughs> view. <laughs> damn yeah, Damview. But view.
2: we won't forget it now. I won't forget <laughs> it I bookmarked it this time motherfucker okay. good 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 uh, subscribe to the podcast tell your friends about it please it would help us a lot it'd mean a lot like we, y'all are fucking yeah. amazing and, and if you tell people about us we appreciate it
1: we stream yeah. at uh, twitch.tv backstab and twitch.tv slash make sure to follow us and watch us there
2: we'll play a lot of the game bundles on stream so you can check them out if you're not sure if you want to pull the trigger
1: yeah, and lots of extra stuff, too. We've been doing community nights every Friday. It's lots of fun. We get viewers involved.
2: Yeah. Uh, we have a Patreon that we're restructuring right now because uh, my my dumb, ambitious brain set it up real weird, and, and we've finally given up on our weird setup.
1: <laughs> I think I just want, like, I I want to just model it we're after, gonna... like, other people's Patreons that do basically the same thing. I don't want to have, like, a exactly. ton of people paying a ton of money. I want just, like, a bunch of people paying maybe, like, $3 at most.
2: We're going to make it real simple and real understandable and much more streamlined. Yeah.
1: So Come join uh, the
2: Discord and the Steam group.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We have a whole bunch of Steam reviews uh, put up there now. So if you want to see a full compilation of all the games that we've reviewed, then you can go ahead and check them out there.
2: Yeah. Otherwise, I think that's everything. Thank you all. You're fucking amazing human beings. I think this is just going to be a really,
1: really honest, earnest ending. Just thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah seriously
2: it. everyone who listens you mean a lot to us
1: yeah uh, like especially especially, especially you Conway. Conway especially we know you're listening you listen every episode and you're the one that I can count on <laughs> <laughs>